DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. It's out. Finally, the official Pac-12 preseason football poll. You'll be shocked to learn that Oregon is picked to win the Pac-12 conference. Oregon in the north, USC in the south. USC overwhelming in the south. 32 of the 38 votes went to USC. PK, your Sun Devils are second with a couple of first place votes. The Utes are third with four first place votes. And then UCLA, Colorado, and Arizona. That's weird that the team that's second has fewer first place votes than the team that's third. So a lot that's, of people picked ASU second and Utah third to offset that. Yeah, I get I get the reason, but I still find it weird. Yeah. Uh, and I have two votes if you're wondering how uh, the Devils got two first place votes. <laughs> There's one from you and one from you. <laughs> Patrick Kinahan from the zone. Well, Patrick everybody Kinahan knows. from 1280. You never know what mood I'm in from day to day, so I sort of have multiple things going on, you know, as you've told me many times. Uh, I nailed it except for one. I got the, the North exactly the way it is. Oregon, California, yeah. Washington, one, two, three. Oregon, California, Washington, and then Stanford, Oregon yeah. State, Washington State. And it's, I, it's not like I'm bragging because it's not really no surprise because all of us, I think maybe, uh, not necessarily maybe more so than me, but me longer than everybody else on our station, I've been following this conference so intensely over the years because, as I said, it's my conference, and it has been my conference since I was 17 years old. Uh, and I did put Utah second and ASU third, and everything else was right. Now, people say to me, like last year, I can recall being out in the community, who do you think is better, Eno Benjamin or Zach Moss? And I always say, well, Zach Moss. Well, why is that? It's because I see Zach Moss play. I see Zach Moss, well, I used to see him practice. I talk to Zach Moss. I rarely see the Sun Devils play because I'm working. And I don't talk. I talk to some people about the Devils through just because I know some folks down there. But I know tons of people up here. So I'm way more intimately familiar with Utah than I am actually with the Devils. And so when guys tell me stuff that I've known for many years and I trust them, I think that, you know, their program, I just know so much more about it. So I think it's probably my Utah bias picking Utah second because if the Devils finish second and Utah finish third, I can't say that I'd be shocked. But that's why I picked Utah second, because I have far more familiarity and I have a bias with their program that I don't have with the Devils. I think of the uh, surprises in this preseason poll, Oregon and USC, not at all. Not, not even a little bit. The ASU-Utah 2 or 3, I always thought that was a close call. I think yeah. Colorado-Arizona 5-6 is a close call. I think Arizona's defense... Uh, is a complete mess until proven otherwise. I think that's everyone's assumption. Um, but Colorado's got a new coach. So UCLA and your UCLA, you just ought to be better. <laughs> so I guess they kind of default into the fourth spot. Yeah. I think in the north, I think 
Cal, Washington, Stanford, there's questions about all of them. You can put them in any order you want, but I think there's the fewest questions about Cal. Their defense is good. Their offense is actually eh, B minus B if, if Chase Garbers is healthy. They have no second quarterback. They, they had nothing. When he went down, they had nothing. And you don't I'm not, like the monster, man? They had nothing. No, don't like the monster. Could you no. repeat that? Nothing. <laughs> so I think there's a little more confidence, Cal, but I, I think if those three all lose to Oregon and then split head-to-head and finish in a three-way tie for saying it, that wouldn't be very surprising. <laughs> that, would, that really wouldn't. I don't think there's much separation with them. Uh, Oregon State is on the way up, but they did lose quite a bit of talent. I mean, they, they had a better year last year. They went 5-7, and seven, which for them is up. It's better than what they'd done. But they, they lost some guys off that team. So. Beat the Devils. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luton had it going. And what was the name of that running back? He's gone, isn't he? I think he is. Going to have to brush up on Oregon State. That's Utah's crossover game. I got to get that down. Uh, I think they're leading running back. Well, actually, he didn't have a real good season last year. Uh his freshman and sophomore years, he was good, mm-hmm. and then uh, so. They're, 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 but the point is that they're they're better. Yeah. Uh, to, to to what extent? And and the thing about this year, as we talked about yesterday, who's available, who isn't available. I mean, we that's going to be huge week no to week. No idea until we get there because you have just regular injuries, and then also, what do you have, Yak? Give me a second. You have co 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 COVID. Right? Yeah, okay. So that that could be, yeah. that's the ultimate walker, which is why I'm not going to go crazy either way what happens. But if I look at all things being equal, and now equal, all things being equal includes the players that are out. The only times, uh, you can go look at it, they just had a huge feature on Jay Tufele, and his sister has had COVID, and she's been in the hospital for over three months. I think she's uh, mid-20s a little bit older than uh, Jay, but Jay was talking about how he's not going to opt back in. And the story was went into, you know, why he needs to get to the NFL, family, medical bills, blah, blah, blah. Interesting story that the Times ran. I read it last night. And so he's going to be out. Uh, but I think Oregon's going to lose more. And I, I am a huge fan of Slovis. I mean, I love watching that kid play. I mean, his pinpoint accuracy on his passes – is something to really behold. I know it's crazy, but he reminds me of Joe Montana. When I, want. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Okay, good. <laughs> but Montana just uh, his well, he has a slender build. Incredible. He has a slender build. He's not a big you know, like Carson Palmer was. You know, massive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Liner was shorter. But a little on the thick side too, and and Slovis has kind of that slender build. So. Leonard was a pretty boy from day one. Yeah, he was absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> he went straight to TV after his NFL career flamed out. That took about two point three seconds. Yeah. Uh, one thing you had me following this, and this is a good follow if you're a Ute fan, if you're a Pac-12 fan at Sports Pac-12, and they are the king of lists and all that. And some of them I just blow through. It's you're trying too hard now, but some of them are really good. And they just put one out because the football media poll just came out and, and they tweeted it out. And now they just tweeted out a list of how the football media poll, the predicted winners have fared. How good have the predictions been? You know, this is year 10 of the Pac-12 and they just stuck with that era. 
And of the previous nine years, six times the media predicted the champion. Twice the predicted champion finished second and once third. Stanford in 2016 was third. Uh, USC in 2012 and Utah last year were second. And the other six champs all won. Well, I think it's real easy to predict that, though. Yeah. But still, I, mean, I think it's people... It's like predicting Clemson, Clemson in the ACC. <laughs> it's, it's harder than that. Because literally, you just predict Clemson. It's harder than Clemson, yeah. And right. Ohio State, Clemson, I get it. SEC is probably more difficult because you've not got a number of high-end teams. Whereas in the Pac-12, I don't think you have a lot of high-end teams. You have a lot of teams that are capable and any given Saturday type of thing that they can win. And we've seen that. And I've been preaching that for years, that there's two or three head-scratchers every year. Since, since we were allowed to go heavily on Pac-12 talk, which is now in our 10th year. I mean, before I, we could talk about it, but people didn't really want to hear it. It was all about Mountain West. Now we can go strong. And so since I've been following this thing, I said there's always two or three head scratchers, and I think that's the case. But I think if you look at the programs and the demand and the emphasis and the requirement on winning, I think it's basically two. Well, <laughs> Oregon. It, it's or- Oregon and SC. Oregon has been picked first four times now in the 10 years. And the other three times, they got it right. Uh, USC has been picked first three times, and they were right on two of the three. So now Stanford, Washington, Utah, you know, they've each had, they've each had their shot. No, those three have each had a they one had year crack. that they <laughs> It was shot. Crack is for Boise State. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that there's the demand to win at all costs as there is at Oregon and SC. Yeah, I and, think and you're right. Consequently, those two teams win. win right. Because they're and that's where you have to win, and consequently, they've had embarrassing scandals because they have to win at all cost. So they've done stuff that's shady. So uh, Willie Lyles, oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I called him Will. Uh, I Chip, call him Will. Jill, uh, okay. Chip, that's don't embarrassing. Don't that's, in- insult us. That's embarrassing. I'd rather you just come out and say, "Hey, man." It is a you-know-what buster, and i got to do everything I can to win. So, right. yeah, I did that. Sue me. I'd rather have that than, oh, wait, I thought you were talking about another guy. I mean, come on. What a I call him Bill. Face. I don't know who this Willie is. What a, what a joke. Yeah, well, the Pac-12 got their pound of flesh for the crossover game. UCLA has to go to Oregon. So he's got to go up there, answer all those questions, play what looks like an elite team. And if he doesn't have his you-know-what together, which he has in the last couple of years, he's going to get humiliated and it's going to push him closer towards getting fired. Yeah, they got a third-year starting quarterback now, too. We'll see if he retains his job. So they should be a little bit better. But I think that for me, I'm going SC. I'm actually going to go SC above Oregon. And maybe Clay Helton finds a way to blow it. But I think, given the defections and the opt-outs, SC has a little more talent. And I, as I say, I'm a huge Slovis guy. I think that he is the number one quarterback in the Pac-12. And they got some good quarterbacks in there uh, with this Mills kid at Stanford. Uh, Daniels, Daniels got a lot of run because as a freshman at, in Tempe, he only threw two interceptions. Well, that's because he threw the ball away a thousand times. If he got within five feet of him, he just chucked it. The, uh, I think the trainer at Utah had more receptions than anybody did when he played the Utes last year because he kept throwing it in the, in the, the stands and behind the uh, line where players stand. So to me, he's got a, 
he shows potential, but you got to make plays downfield in the passing game. Now, he did with Ayuk, and then the one, the most famous one he had all season, is when he chucked it deep to Ayuk and bumped the freaking, actually cost the Pac-12 millions of dollars <laughs> when you think about it, because they were taking on water, and he hits Ayuk, gets behind the secondary, and it's like, if I remember, it was like third and 16, and they were in a whole heck of a lot of trouble, and sure enough, they pull it out there, and they win, and it knocks Oregon out of the... Uh, uh, what the playoff? Uh, assuming they would have had the same game with Utah, so there's potential there. But I think, in my mind, Slovis is the number one quarterback in the Pac-12, and that's why I'm going with SC to win the conference, not Oregon. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. When we come back, all the headlines, everything we've been talking about coming up next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. James splits the defense down the lane, running layup, it's good, and the foul. He took a hard fall, but a chance for a three-point play. Rebound, James. Pushes up the floor. Caldwell-Pope. Bang! Contavious Caldwell-Pope from downtown. It's a five-point lead. Rondo makes his move. Drives again. Back to Davis. Davis for three. Bang! Anthony Davis from downtown. Timeout Miami. There's some highlights as the Lakers win game four and take a three games to one lead in an NBA Finals that a lot of people thought was a foregone conclusion. I have to say the Lakers, while leading most of the game, it's not like they blew Miami out and had that had complete control of that thing. They had control, PK, but there was always a chance it could get away from them. Then Anthony Davis hit a late three and LeBron celebrated and it was over. At full strength, and we've had this a number of times here. The Cavs, Kevin Love, mm-hmm. Irving, the Warriors, now the Heat. You know, we go through all this. I want to see both teams, whoever emerged from each conference, be at full strength. I don't care who it is because I don't in – the, in the final analysis, I couldn't care less who wins. It has no bearing on my life. It's just for fun. Uh, but I would like to see the teams at full strength, and I didn't think Miami was going to win either way, and then you reduce them because Drogic didn't play, Adebayo did, and they're not at full strength, and that bothers me because I would want to see the best of the best square off, see what happens. And then secondly, I don't know who these announcer dudes are, so whoever that guy's name is, uh, you'd probably know. But it's just weird when he calls him James. (laughs) It's Mike Breen. Yeah, it's Mike Breen. It just is weird when he calls him James. It's like, who? Nobody calls him James. He's LeBron. He's one of these first-name guys. There's a few people that come along in the world, you know, whether it's entertainment, sports, which in my mind is the exact same thing. Sports, I put it completely in the entertainment category. That's why I never get But your point is music, movies, TV, sports. Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't get caught up in winning and losing is because I view it as strictly as entertainment. And uh, there's few people who have, go by their first names. And LeBron is one of them. And every time he calls him James, I have to think for a second. <laughs> Who's he, who he talking about? 
Lakers will try to close it out Friday night, 7 o'clock on ABC, Game 5, their chance to win the title and leave the bubble. Or they get to stay another weekend in the bubble and play Game 6 on Sunday. I just assume they finish it up. Seems like we know how it's going to end anyway, so yeah, get along with it. The, the funny thing is the early part portion of the playoffs I found really entertaining. And now I'm watching out of duty. Well, because they're not at full strength, yeah. partially. Maybe mm-hmm. they had a shot. That's my point. They're not at full strength. And at, and if, if you're not at full strength, at least with the Nuggets and the Jazz, well, we weren't at fourth stre- uh, full strength, either team could say, but neither were they. So it sort of uh, went back and forth. Now I think the Jazz took a bigger hit with Bogey out as opposed to the guys that the Nuggets had out. But nevertheless, it, you couldn't really complain about that as much. And here, I mean, it's obvious. They're the underdog, and then you strip them of a talent, and they become even more of an underdog. All right, we don't know what the NFL schedule is going to look like this week. we got uh, multiple positive tests for multiple teams. The New England Patriots are not – they're doing a virtual uh, meetings today. They're not having the traditional workout practice meet at the facility thing because their cornerback, Stephen Gilmore, tested positive. The Titans were hoping to get back to their team facility. They haven't been there for a week. The Steeler game got postponed to Game 7, but they've had two more players test positive, so nobody's going to the team facility today. So – the Patriots, the Titans, and the Raiders have had a positive test, too. The Raiders are supposed to play the Chiefs. The Patriots are supposed to play the Broncos. And I don't know who the Titans are playing. But positive test for what? Players for COVID-19. For what? The coronavirus. No. The Rona. COVID. COVID. You're welcome. And there will be no evidence of either of those drops in the system. Good. And did you know... That when you speak of virtual, and you talk of the Brady Bunch earlier, it turns out in all those squares that we didn't know it, that the Brady Bunch and their intro and outro, uh, they were actually having a Zoom meeting at the time. What? Yeah. Crazy. That's why you had those nine squares, and they're looking around at each other. It was just a, it was an old-fashioned Zoom meeting before it's time. Titans are playing the Bills, so we could have a lot of the best teams. The undefeated Titans, the undefeated Bills, that game may get paused. Yach and I were talking in the break about a Week 18 in the NFL. A Week 18 and 19, move the Super Bowl back three weeks. I think they ought to do it at the college football playoffs. Nobody's playing 12 games. You could if you move the playoff back, but there's no centralized leadership, so it probably won't happen in college football. But the NFL has it. They could move it back and just start putting these games in Week 18 and 19. Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully they'll do that. I'd, I'd rather see that than see go to the playoffs with one team played 13 games and one played 15 and another played 16. Uh, as long as it doesn't matter if that team that played 13 well, is up you're, by four. You're, and if the team that played 13 is uh, uh, four and nine, I, don't, I also don't care about that. They don't need to move it back for that. Yeah, but I don't think any of us care if the, yeah. if the Super Bowl is right. played on February 25th or whatever that nope. Saturday. it would be fine. Yeah. And since you're not moving, uh, you know, usually there'd be a bunch of parties and there'd be concerts and there'd be 70,000-ish fans and it doesn't look like any of that's happening. So it ought to be a lot easier to move it. Uh, yeah. The, uh, a footnote here. We did not get to this earlier in the show and it de- deserves a little mention. The, the Salt Lake Stallions of the short-lived... Alliance of American football. It actually worked for one player. Uh, Mike Purcell played for the Stallions, defensive lineman, cut 10 times by six different NFL teams. He signed a three-year contract extension with the Broncos worth nearly $15 million. Living the dream, PK. 
Cut 10 times by six teams, played in the AAF. Now he's got 11 starts in Denver over two years, started all four this year, and he's got a three-year extension for $15 million. Oh, Well, good for him. They're all yeah. living the dream, that's for sure. I have to admit, I paid zero attention to the AAFCO, whatever it was called. Never thought that was going to last. No, I didn't. So I didn't yep. spend one You made a on conscious it. decision. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. Try the veal. We all do it all the time. We just don't say it like I said it all the time. But we all do it all the time. I would have loved to, to, to succeed, but I think there's no market there. I just, I just don't see it. Right. And uh, Purcell, by the way, has uh, not local ties, but regional ties. He's a Wyoming cowboy. I say he went to yeah. went to Wyoming. So there you Sweet go. man, move over Jay Novacek. <laughs> move over Jim Kick. Obviously Josh Allen. We got another go. cowboy riding in the Allen's NFL. The yeah. People forget Jay Novacek. He doesn't get to do, but he was a Wyoming cowboy. If you've been. In that Wyoming press box, which I have many times, they've got pictures of all the great ones up there, and you get to see them. Uh, Earlier this hour, we were talking about the Pac-12 football media poll because it's out for 2020. Now that we're going to have a season, uh, usually they do it at Pac-12 media day, but Pac-12 media day didn't happen. That's actually kind of happening today, by the way. Coaches will be speaking via Zoom conference. Oregon and USC picked to win their divisions as expected. Oregon picked to win the conference title. Uh, in the South, the Utes are third. USC, ASU, Utah, and then UCLA, Colorado, and Arizona. And you think that's a form of disrespect for Utah? Yes. I don't. I well, mean, you got I mean, four honestly, first place votes? That's pretty doggone it is, good. Honestly, it's, it's basically a toss-up. There's only 13 points separating the two teams. I, I read early this year in the way-too-early things, you know, some people had Utah saying it somehow in third. You bristled at that. The Utes are second and more than their third. And over time, I think that probably was true as I saw more of them come out. But now here in this one, ASU is second, so... But they only got two first-place votes. Utes got four. So nobody believes in the Devils winning it. The Utes are believed in more for winning this thing. Two people believe in the ASU. Or one person who has two votes. Me and somebody else. You and you. I don't, even, the I don't you, even have a vote. The one you clicked on and uh, emailed in, and then uh, and then one, and you voted by mail too. Fraud! He voted twice, once in person and once through the mail. Well, I think that ASU only receiving two first place votes clearly is fake news. Thirty-two votes for USC for first place, two for ASU and four for Utah. But Utah is third. I don't have a vote. The Pac-12 doesn't acknowledge my greatness. Not yet. It's only a matter of time. Give it another decade. But the more Kyle Whittingham's teams are underestimated, the better. Bulletin yes, I board. I don't think they are underestimated. Fodder. That's, I don't think that's true either anymore because they were picked to win last year and they won. Well, they didn't win the conference title game. I mean, they won the division, yes. They but. weren't picked to win the conference title. They were picked to win the division. They did go through and win the division. So I think that thing... I think that's old school, gutty little Utah that the national media loves to play into. There's two things that I will no longer play into. Black guys can't be happy playing basketball for the Jazz. That's bull crap. 
and Utah's this gutty little overachieving team that somehow surprises everybody. No, when you're getting your entire defensive backfield in the NFL and you're getting seven guys drafted, shut up with that. Hmm. They're not this gutty team. How do they do it? I'll tell you how they do it. They evaluate talent, bring them in, coach them up, and they play very well. That's how they do it. It's really no mystery. So I'm sick and tired of that. Oh, that Utah, man, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe it. No, they deserve just as much respect as anybody. So those two theories, each time I hear those, I am going to kick you in the groin. But this is a different theory. When Kyle is the underdog or is underestimated, that's a positive. He knows how to cash in on that. I get that he shouldn't be underestimated or undervalued as often. Oh, he doesn't know how to cash in on that anymore? I'm telling him you said that. He, 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 they're not in that position anymore they are to right now. be. They're no, third. they're not. They're third. I mean, somebody's got to be picked first. It's a stupid poll. They get, tell me what the line is when Vegas puts it out. I've told you a million times, unless you have money backing up your prediction, I don't want to hear it. It's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. Once you put cash behind it, then it matters. And I come from a long line of gamblers. I think we trace our gambling heritage all the way back to Adam in my family. And so if you don't put money on it and you start touting something, you know what they do? They smack you in the back of the head. They say, get out of here. But once you put money on it, then it matters. So let's see what the odds are each week when we get to that point to see just how much the Utes are disrespected. I was waiting for you to get to the uh, end of uh, however much oxygen you gulped into your lungs when you run out of oxygen. But I think that all of this changes week one. USC plays Arizona State. So whatever impression we have right now, whatever impression – uh, led to this SC1, ASU2, Utah 3, could be changed dramatically by that game. The Utes don't get to SC until week three. They don't Only get to ASU until win. week four. Well, if, if USC de- were to win by 40, I mean, that would change the impression of ASU. Okay, I'll buy that to a degree. Yeah, and you're right. But, I mean, that's not, that's not who the Devils have been since Herm's been there. I agree, I agree. And, and if, if, if SC comes out with a 27-20 win, it probably doesn't change anything at all. You know, that's about what you would expect, right? And I don't think it changes anything for either team, actually, because the right. Utes lost their first game last year. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's less margin for error. You know, it was the different... Mm, the, the break for the Utes was the different crossover games. And they didn't have to play Oregon, and USC did. And USC got beat by Oregon. That was key. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. Now, the Utes made up a game the old-fashioned way. They earned it. Because didn't SC lose to Washington? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think uh, and then the Utah, week. Right, and then Utah beat Washington. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. game, the Utes, the Utes earned. Although I think if SC would have gotten Washington later in the season, I think they would have had a better shot. And that's why I think that sometimes you play, they also matters. factor in when you play mm-hmm. these teams, particularly at that point. You were starting a first-year freshman quarterback uh, early in the season. Same thing with uh, BYU. I think they took advantage of Slovis's first road game. And speaking of USC, Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman for USC, who had opted out, has opted back in. You can never have enough talent on the offensive line. Potential draft pick or there. for that matter. Well, that's true. Uh, and so ops back in, so that's uh, more talent, a little more depth on the O-line for USC. So 
That's that's a positive headline. In, in my mind, there's no question. If I list the most talent, the most proven talent, USC. As it's as not in the division, but in the conference. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, but that's that's the way you at least that's the way I approach preseason polls. So they get 32 of the 38 first place votes because of that. But deep down, people don't really trust Clay Helton, so they pick Oregon to win the conference. Okay, yeah. And in uh, the baseball, that was a little a uh, little deflating. Clevenger's back, PK. And then two pitches into the second inning, he doesn't feel right. Yeah, the and Padres out. don't have anybody go more than an inning and a third anyway. They haven't had, seriously, there are four <laughs> playoff games into this, and nobody's been able to finish the third inning. I think the long start right now is two and a third innings. I just wish he would do it at the start of the inning to keep the pace of the game going. Oh my gosh, that game was, that took forever. That was a four hour game with a lot of walks and a lot of strikeouts and a lot of pitching changes. But I have to, I was glad, I don't really care who wins. Uh, I'm not like Jake Scott who roots against my friends' teams. (laughs) I I just, I, I don't do that. If the Padres win, great. I mean, doesn't okay, but you know you have friends who root for both teams. You have Dodger fans, friends. I mean, you have friends who are Dodger fans. Well, I, I, I'm sort of a quasi Dodger fan. You know, when I moved to Phoenix, we didn't have anything, and the only thing we had was Vince Scully. And and at 15 years old, I moved from Phoenix, from New York area, where I got games every night with the Yankees and Mets, and then I moved out there. I got nothing, absolutely nothing. Talking about going into what cold sports, Turkey. a sports desert. Yeah, so I was I listened to the Dodgers a ton because they were on the air on six twenty. The station, uh, it's a news station now. Well, I guess they do some other sports too. But at the time, it was the it's the big station, and so I listened to their games so much. I became I was even I've never really rooted for them die hard win or lose, but I've certainly followed them for a number of years. So I wouldn't mind it if they won. I have to admit, though, man, that game was going on, and once the Dodgers scored four runs, I thought, great, I can go to bed. <laughs> if it would have been one-one, I would have been way more gassed. But I figured once they got a lead, they stood a good chance to uh, hold it. So I did go to bed, and then at about twelve thirty, when I woke up, as I usually wake up two or three times during the night, I checked my phone, said, "Up oh, four-one," went back to sleep. Hmm. 5-1 final. It was the four-run inning. The Braves use a big six-run seventh. They beat the Marlins, so they're up 1-0. Oakland down two zip now to the Astros after a 5-2 loss. George Springer going deep a couple times. A Springer dinger, as they say. Yes, and Tampa Bay hit four homers. They outbashed the Bronx Bombers and beat the Yankees 7-5. I don't believe in the Yankees pitching, so that was no surprise. That's why I'm pitch- picking Tampa Bay to win this series. That series is 1-1. Uh, four more games today. It starts with the Marlins and Braves at noon on the MLB Network, and then Astros and A's at one thirty-five on TBS. Rays and Yankees at five on TBS. Padres and Dodgers at seven on FS1. DJ and PK coming back with your feedback next. PK, the key is to know your own limitations. A man's got, got to many. know his own limitations. True. I have no memory. I can't remember stuff I want to remember. What? Yesterday, we had a listener suggest that we run a poll on what the Utes record will be. 6-0, and 5-1, 4-2, and or 3-3 and or worse. So I put it up, but I knew I'd forget it. And I forgot it the entire show, but I knew I was going to forget it, so I timed it to end so it would pop up in my timeline during this segment. Oh, genius. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a low bar, but I crossed it. Uh, 6-0. and only got 14% of the vote. Basically, one fan out of seven thinks the Utes could run undefeated through this schedule. It's really split between 5-1 and one and 4-2. and two. 37.5% and 
think four and two. Thirty-five percent say five and one, and another fourteen percent think they'll be three and three or worse. I don't think they're going to be three and three or worse. I would agree with that. They're going to be heavily favored in four games, and they might win one of the other two, even if they mess up one of those four. Sure. Yeah. So I think five and one and four are two are the answers, and that yeah. is where the people are going as well. Reasonable. Other feedback in this show. Uh, Eddie Van Halen passing away. Unreasonable. And ask a musician, a musician's death, what has really rocked you when you've heard of it? Uh, Bleed Blue Blood said John Prine. Now, he got the COVID thing, and that was really nasty. Died in April? Yes. Sure, yeah. Uh, We have multiple people. Michael Jackson. That is the soundtrack of a lot of our listeners' youth right there, MJ. Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, what a performer. Right. Yeah, absolutely. David Someone Bowie hasn't freak. gotten a shout out, shout out, but now no? we've got here, we've got one finally, and a couple of people liked it. So, David Bowie. Uh, a superstar in his own right, yes. I'm surprised people didn't say Jim Morrison. We've not gotten a Jim Morrison. We just got another John Lennon. There's a lot of John Lennons. The thing about there was three of them in the '60s or was it early '70s? Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, and Janis Joplin, and you have to wonder what could have been because Jim Morrison, I believe, was like 27 yes. years of age. Yep, I think Hendrix was just, around that age too. Just ridiculous. Could have that, made a lot of music you know, over the next 50 what years. What was ahead? Yeah, that denied. Yep, and that's 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 a tragedy. Not a tragedy in the man dying, as uh, anyone who's twenty-seven years old is, obviously. Uh, but you know, from the artist standpoint and the creativity, what was ahead? Because what was there was pretty powerful. And going forward, what could have been? Uh, it's unfortunate in many ways. We have all sung the doors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question about it. I mean, think about it, how quickly it was formed and how quickly it was gone. But the impact that it created in such a short window is really incredible. Yeah. Uh, Prince getting a shout out. Ella Fitzgerald getting getting a mention here on Twitter. Ella Fitzgerald. I guess if I've been surprised by how often one name has been mentioned... Uh, Chester Bennington probably has, between Facebook and Twitter, probably 20 mentions. And compared to all the, all the other artists, and there's a wide range from you know, Elvis and Lennon to... A lot of Linkin Park fans. A lot there. of Linkin Park fans, yeah. But I, that's, I mean, that is... If it, I haven't added these all up, but if I did, a Chester Bennington is top three for sure and maybe number one. Okay. Prince, yeah, Prince has gotten a lot of mentions. Prince has gotten a lot of mentions. But not you can surprising. Go way back, you can go Richie Valens. You can go Buddy Holly. I yeah. mean, those guys. Richie Valens was seventeen. Yeah, but it's years just old, the age of he? our. Yeah, but the age of our listeners. We just. I mean, if. if I, but I'm talking about what could have been. Oh, in the what could have been category, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there are a lot of rock stars who've died young, and there was a generation of them who traveled by air when that was much more dangerous than it is today. The and, Bennington folks are all around my age, mid thirties. Yeah. Right, and we've got a lot of listeners in the thirties, so I get that it skews that way. Uh, but seriously, might might be the most mentioned. Yeah, he got a lot of mentions. I yeah. saw. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scott are coming up next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.